ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 112. <clears throat> we're running out of episodes with champions because we're running out of years here, but we're getting close. You might remember these champions. The 2012 Miami Heat, the Baltimore Ravens, boo. The San Francisco Giants, boo again. And the LA Kings, I have no qualms with them. But That was your boy, right? Yeah, we got a Miami boy on that team, I believe. Martinez. Yeah, so shouts out to them. Rise up, Red Hawks. Um, we got a great show for you here. I'm your host, as always, Teach Butler, sitting next to me. My good friend, my good buddy, my good pal, Big Dill. How are you? Good. Watching a little, uh, little lightning action in the background here. In prime time. Uh, yeah, well, TNT. Back-to-back games for us after having a week off. Um, games on TNT, and then we have the outdoor... Stadium Series Classic in Nashville against the Preds on Saturday. So, oh yeah, won't be seeing that one because I'll be in Cleveland for the Wizards game. But sure. Oh, as we get some commercials oh, for go. it, nice. <laughs> That'd be a good. Uh, little little watch, little record it, watch it when you get home type deal. You know, even though you might know the outcome. Yeah, I think. But. I think Nashville. <clears throat> it's their second or third appearance in an outdoor game. This is Tampa's first, which is now twenty-seven out of the thirty-two teams. Okay. The thirty-two, right? Now with the expansion, it'd be funny if they did one down in Tampa outdoors. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know. They have to. They have to do that. That'd be really interesting. At a very specific time of year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Probably not. Because just the sun alone it would overpower the ice. Totally, yeah. Coolers, but... Would not work probably well. Doge, how's Clee up there? Post-All-Star. It's, uh, it's recovering <laughs> from the from the crazy weekend. Um, yes. We had a few warm days, and now we're shifting back to a little bit of winter weather. But, uh, yeah, we're hanging in there, man, doing well. Like to hear it, like to hear it. Well, we have a lot to catch up on this pod Full disclosure, Doge and I had to take a break after the Bengals L. We couldn't couldn't hop on that week after, so we're going to talk about that in our first quarter. <clears throat> we'll get that over with, rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, second quarter, uh, we are going to talk about baseball being back, but it's not back. So we'll talk about the NBA trade, de- trade deadline and some of the major moves there. Third quarter, we're going to do a little NBA All-Star Weekend recap. And then in the fourth quarter, in honor of... Of two 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 on Tuesday, we'll be talking about who was the greatest number two in sports. So, or at least our greatest number two, the clubhouse's number two. So, without further ado, Doge, warm it up for me, stretch it out. We got a great show, but we can't get hurt. So, what do you got for us? I got real excited today, boys, because the 2022 F1 cars have officially hit the track. Yes, sir. Uh, they've got three different practice sessions going. The first one started today. The new liveries for all the like different designs of the teams are out, looking good. Um, Aston Martin had a really crazy, or not Aston Martin, excuse me, Alfa Romeo had a really crazy look today, but I don't know if that's what they're actually driving with the whole season, but they had okay. some crazy patterns uh the cars obviously like the design of them a lot of different little things right now um like there's little wings over the front wheels the actual rear wing looks a lot different the front uh bumper also looking different kind of more sleek less blocky than the last year design the years that they had just a 
2019. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. One thing I should say, though, is that the Mercedes cars, not looking as sharp if they're silver. I prefer the black one. That's just me. So they are silver? I don't know. I kind of like it. Silver Arrow? Well, Lewis Hamilton? They used to they be were silver. The silver arrows. That was when they were absolutely dominant. I mean, hey. <clears throat> Either way. I think the black was... The black was pretty ass. sleek. I, I totally agree. But uh, maybe they're just trying to go back to uh, to the old silver look. I mean, they, they were unbeatable in silver, so... Who knows? Who knows? I'm looking forward to it, man. Races are starting up in March. Oh, that's going to be huge. We need that. It's close. I need to get some Mercedes gear. I need to start up with boys. Tronus. I need to get some just Lewis gear. He's just my guy. I do have there was a uh, I do have a Red Bull, but there was a British speed skater that had a helmet that was like designed to make like an homage to Lewis Hamilton's. That's it had sweet. like the same like little kind of design on it. Obviously not like the same sponsors or anything. He doesn't have sponsors on there, but he had the purple look with the jagged lines and uh, looked a lot like Lewis, and so I thought right. that was kind of a cool shout-out. Heck yeah. Dill, what do you got for your warm-up here? So, uh, Doge, I, I didn't see a buzzer beater there for you, but are you doing anything with the certain Southern basketball team? You chomping at all? Oh, get in there, dude. This okay. is all you. All right. So I had a couple just in case. But... Uh, Florida with a huge win uh, yeah, at home against win. Auburn over big the weekend, win. and I just got done. I just got done talking about how Auburn went on this huge, uh, what was it, nineteen game win streak. Bruce Pearl, installing Bruce Pearl is just a winner. Up Bruce Pearl, uh, you know, and and uh, felt good to look up at the score. And honestly, I didn't even know they were playing Saturday. I was kind of just doing a lot of other things, and I looked, and I was like, oh, 63-62 Boom. against the number two team in the country. And the team I just raved about for 15 minutes on a warm-up. So, good for them. It was a big win for us, uh, especially, you know, closing, um, getting closer to tournament time. You know, you need some of those big wins. So, here we go. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I'll go here. Shouts out to uh, our boy, J.J. Redick. <clears throat> Talked about him a few times on the pod. Duke legend. He's just one of the realest dudes in the game right now. Incredible podcast out with some of the, the best players. If you've seen his stuff on first take, he's calling out Zion for not talking to CJ McCollum. He's going at Stephen A for not talking about the Heat being one of the best teams in the East because they are right now. So he's just keeping it real. And uh, recently he had Jason Tatum on his podcast, Marcus Smart, Shea Gildress-Alexander. But the one that caught everybody who's from Boston or a Celtics fan's eye or ear, I should say, I guess... <clears throat> was the interview with Jason Tatum, where J.J. Redick didn't ask Jason Tatum to speak about this, but he came out and was talking about, hey, me and Jalen are talking to each other like, hey, we want to be here, we want to play together, Uh, we've had a lot more success together than we've failed, you know, we've been to multiple conference finals, we've had some playoff losses, but we've been a really good team, and the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and neither of us are in our prime right now, so everybody from Boston can kind of exhale because everybody was thinking, oh, we should break up the Jays. They don't necessarily like playing with each other. They're not the best of friends. Um, And they might not be the best of friends, whatever, but it seems like they both like each other. And Jason Tatum had a lot of great things to say about Jalen Brown and a lot of the other Celtics in that interview. 
and had a lot of other good comments. Um, and it's just nice to see players being open and candid about stuff like that. And then he's also talking about um, like the all NBA voting and how that's kind of interesting and how he didn't get it because some people didn't like a shot selection, but you know, he was an all-star and had all these points and other accolades. So it's just interesting to hear the players talk about it. And it seems like they can talk about it with JJ because he was such a good player and such a well-known player. And, um, you know, obviously everybody knew him from Duke and he's been all over and played on a lot of good teams and with a lot of stars as well. So, um, shouts out to JJ Reddick. Keep doing your thing, buddy. We appreciate it. And, uh, I don't know, keep interviewing good players. Hopefully we'll get some calves on there for you boys up there. Yeah, we'll get him on the pod here soon, so. Yeah, he's, he said he's just busy. He's, obviously he's talking to Smart and Tatum, you know, he can't just come on the clubhouse when he's got Shea Gildress on the, on the call, you know, so. But has he had Kyle Guy on? I don't think so. That's all I gotta say. He's our star. Big guy. Moving on. Doge. You wanna go first or you want me to go first? We got a sad Super Bowl to talk about. Oh uh, <clears throat> I'll I'll hit it. Oh. Go ahead. So obviously Bengals Rams Super Bowl now. About a week and a half removed from the from from the game, and it was tough. It was a tough game to swallow at the end of it because it felt like throughout that entire game we very much had a chance to win the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, everyone was, you know, it seemed like mm-hmm. the country was behind the Bengals, and all the analysts were behind the Rams. And uh, man, it really felt like it was going to be a win for the people, and it just. Uh, it just didn't work out at the end, man. I mean, a lot of – there were hardly any flags all game. A lot of flags through at the end. Mm. Um, mm. You know, <laughs> you can you can argue whether or not they were flags. Um, but, I mean, they were called regardless. And you gotta you got to put yourself in a position to where something like that at the end doesn't matter. Um, yep. but, but it did come into play. And uh, it's unfortunate. But, I mean, on the, you know, the bright side of things, from my perspective, it's just – it's nice to have even made it there. No one expected us to make it anywhere near there. You know, all the analysts before the season putting us in last place in the AFC North. Yep. Not only did we win that division, but we wound up moving all the way through the playoffs and uh, and took down some big boys while we were at it and then got to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of silver lining to it. And... You know, the team can really turn into something great in the next few years here. But got to make the right acquisitions and sign the right people. Yep, so yep, yep. we'll just have to see where it goes. But I'm ready to move <clears> on and get away from that game. <laughs> it was tough. So, yeah, I guess before I, like, was this the best Bengals season we've ever seen? Absolutely, yes. Is this probably the most fun Bengals team we've ever had? Absolutely, yes. Is it the first time that... TV shows like Good Morning Football and First Take and, you know, you know, Pardon the Interruption and all these teams are actually talking about the Bengals. Yes, because before, Andy Dalton was nice, but he just didn't... Joe Burrow just has it. So, before I get all bummed out, this was the best season. Nobody ever thought we were going to be here. Um, but, goodness gracious, is it bittersweet, Doge, because that goddamn picture of Jamar Chase wide open on the last play, where if we would have given Burrow just 
one more second, he launches that ball up, and we're scoring, and everybody in the entire world is hitting the gritty as we win the freaking Super Bowl. But no, didn't happen. We got to invest in the line. Everybody knows it. Hopefully Mike Brown knows it. Hopefully he's willing to spend for it. But putting that aside, <clears throat> I got to give a shout-out to guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. I had the Rams in our Super Bowl pick thing. You know, I was believing in the Rams all year. Stafford, Cup was a beast. I had him on my fantasy team. I mean, he had maybe the best wide receiver season ever. So it's not like we lost to some bums. We lost to a bunch of probably Hall of Famers and could be one of the best teams that we've seen in a, in a good long while in terms of defense and offensive balance. Odell, obviously, too. He deserved – I mean, he's a great player. So he had a great, great postseason um, for all the other times that he's dropped balls or been, you know, kind of mediocre. He was incredible in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, he's kind of one of those guys who, when the, the stage is bigger, he plays a little bit bigger. So I don't know. Shouts out to all the Rams. I'm not going to be sour and, you know, hate them or whatever. That was an incredible performance by them. Uh and then one last thing to leave it off of and to, to give some Bengals fans a little help here. We haven't seen Joe Burrow with an offseason where he's been fully healthy. And he's not super fully healthy right now, but he doesn't have to rehab the whole entire offseason like he did before. So it's going to be very exciting to see what he can do you know, with an offseason, what he's going to add to his game. You know, Last season he was talking about how he wanted to add the deep ball. Well, he was the best deep ball thrower in the league this year to Jamar Chase. So... Whatever he wants to add, I imagine he's going to add it because he's that type of guy. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this next season, especially when Mike Brown, please, my dear God, invests in the offensive line. So, um, <clears throat> Dill, what was it like for you seeing all of us lunatic Bengal fans going crazy <clears throat> and then obviously how quiet the house got after we lost? Like, What was it like being a, a Browns fan in that perspective? Well, as far as being a Browns fan, it not was, that you weren't rooting for the Bengals, but it, like it was something that I felt a relief that we still had the chance to win the first Super Bowl as an Ohio team. Right? Am I happy the Bengals lost and all my friends are upset and this and that? No. Did I want to see the Rams win? No. So like it was a really tough one for me to like really root. So I I fully just watched the game as right. as a football game, and I think you notice this throughout the playoffs every year, and then the Super Bowl every year is that. You know, plays that might not make a difference in the regular season or you don't necessarily see on a highlight, things aren't exaggerated this, uh, the same way as they are in a one-game means-everything right. situation like the Super the Bowl does. Right. right? So you notice those flags at the end. You, uh, you yeah. notice the, oh, my gosh, how do we miss that? Or, oh, wow, we just got sacked three times in a row. And I think you guys... It was, what, seven times in the second half or something? Seven and of the last 22 dropbacks he was sacked. Which is ridiculous. And I don't they think... They moved Aaron Donald to the middle and we had no freaking answer for it. And there, <laughs> might be, there might be times where that happens in the middle of the season, but I don't know. It all kind of just came together. It seemed like you know a game where you guys typically found ways to win somehow throughout the regular season, whereas the losses that I remember specifically... Seems like you guys gave him away early, and like yeah. it just never, like the momentum never really struck, and like it just never swayed back in your favor at any point in those losses. Like that um, was the first game I felt like we lost, like like really lost. Like the Browns kicked our ass. That was like a different game, and then obviously we didn't play our starters in the last one, but like 
the Jets, I felt, I don't know. Maybe just, the Packers game because of all the missed field goals. And, like, there were a lot of points left on the field. It just felt like, like in all the other ones, we had a chance to win. And we were the reason that we, like, lost. lost. Whereas, like, right. this one, the Rams, like, won it. took it and beat us. Like, they actually were like, no, 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 we're the better team. We're going to beat you no matter what. Like, type, so, type thing. one of the biggest, like, turns, I think, was once you guys intercepted the ball... And it was the Rams. I think it was the Ram, on the Rams' thirty-one yard line. You guys ended so up kick, um, kicking a field goal to end that drive, to go up twenty to thirteen. Yeah. You guys score a touchdown there. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm disagreeing. With you. Game I'm is disagreeing. that momentum is so much like larger of a hurdle to get over for the Rams, and you know also the missed PAT in the first half actually helped them later in the game because then they had to go for it. They ended up getting it. And they ended up having, you know, a, a, a lead because of it rather than just going for the tie because right. you know that you're only down three. You aren't going to go for it. On, I mean, maybe they would. Have, I don't know. Sean McVay, maybe. Yeah. Um, but to end the game, the final five drives, three plays, negative three yards. Three plays, five yards. Two three and outs after a big turnover, yeah. <clears throat> a field goal. You guys go up by a touchdown. And then it was just kind of like, you just seemed like, okay, this is, we have to stick with 20 points. We're, our defense is going to be good enough to, you know, where we can hold them off. Yep. And then the last three were five plays, negative two yards, seven plays, 24 yards. Those were all punts. Right. Um, and then the last drive being a turnover on downs, obviously you're going for it um, at the end of the game there. It was five plays, 26 yards. But that was all on a chunk play at the beginning of the drive. That's how you got the first down, right? And then you got the four more after that. So it seemed like you guys had enough time in the timeouts. But again, that that offensive line that was the Achilles heel that you always found a way to get over it before, it was just too much to overcome, I think, this time. And then not getting Joe Mix in the ball. Like, there were things that was just like, what are we doing here? Like, but it it is much easier to coach from the TV and the couch than it is on the sidelines. But, you know, good learning experience. Good learning experience. Fun to, fun to be there. Because we obviously had been before, but, like, we never got to watch that. So not in our lifetime. Like, yeah, not in our lifetime. We hadn't even won a playoff game in our lifetime. So to see us... I've never been free. so locked into a football game. Oh, my gosh. So, <clears throat> way back when, when I was like, hold on, let's pump the brakes. Let's do one of these things at a time. This is, what, six weeks ago? when right. I was like, it's tough to... Win your first playoff game. It's tough to beat the Chiefs twice. Win your first time uh, on the road. Beat the Chiefs twice. Like, there were a lot of things you guys overcame. And then, I mean, you do have Aaron Donald, who's probably one of the best defensive players of all time. I mean, he's, I don't know, everyone knows who he is. OBJ found a way to step up in a big game. And then, if he doesn't get hurt, maybe that game is a runaway. Who knows? They could have blown us out. Cooper Cup. So we had no answer for him before he got hurt. Yeah, Cooper Cup didn't do anything until the last drive, essentially. Like it felt like he was. It was like, oh, where's Cooper Cup? And then all of a sudden he yeah, showed if you up. Would, and if then... you were to say who's who had a hundred yards receiving in this game, a lot of people probably would not have been like, oh, T Higgins. T. Higgins. Like, it's like no, you probably said Cup or OBJ because like yeah. they had the bigger plays. But maybe T T did have the big touchdown, but still. So <clears> similar to test, which right. we got away with. When I was talking about I'll when the when the Lightning won it again last year, 
and it was kind of like the end of an era where it was like those guys are just fun to watch and i'm not saying this is the end of an era but like that was just a fun team to watch right like you guys have good personalities right you guys have people like Trey Flowers, who's just a huge DB, and she's like, oh, get that big MF out there. Monster. You know what I mean? We're just like... Big dude. I don't know. It was just fun to... And I'm saying this as a NFL and football fan, not a Bengals fan. So I'm, you guys have something to appreciate, and I would, I, I would like your situation with Joe Burrow a lot more than my situation with... Not that we need him, but like it's so cool to have Gronk be like, oh, I'd love to play with Burrow, like, if I can't play with Brady. Like, he's never gonna say that about Andy Dalton. I love Andy Dalton. Great guy, but... It's not the same caliber. Right. No. Yeah. The Red Rifle, yeah, and Joe Burrow, different caliber weapon right there. Love me the Red it's Rifle. not even close. No. <laughs> not even close. No. Yeah, he might even say that himself. Probably not, but... Um, but okay. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But congrats to the Rams. I think Doge, you won the the Super Bowl thing, or our oh. our playoff thing. I don't even want to go back. I need Dill to go back and look at it. I didn't even. I didn't <clears> even think about it. I I was completely consumed by the Bengals. <laughs> Never did it cross my mind that I needed these. But there's players. a chance I could have won because of the five pointer Super Bowl bonus. Very possible. So. I knew I was out as soon as the uh, playoffs yeah. started, so it didn't really matter. Well, yeah, we picked all. We t- yeah, your team's just imploded with injuries. This is so brutal. Uh, okay, second quarter, we're doing a little NBA trade deadline recap. So there were some major moves that we have to talk about. Um, how do we want to do? We want to do like the major, major guy first. Or we want to save him for last. No, let's just get him going. We're talking Derek White. The Celtics, no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been he's been clutch for you guys, right? No, okay. Obviously, we got to talk about James Harden and Ben Simmons being swapped here. James Harden finally getting what he quotes was his first choice when he wanted to leave Houston to go to Philadelphia, linking up with Joel Embiid, who might be the MVP this season. So that's going to be a nice one-two combo for them. And uh, the Nets getting a massive haul back, getting two first-round picks. Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, and Andre Drummond, all guys who could play for them in the playoffs this season, pending Ben Simmons' uh, mental state gets better. I've heard he might be coming back soon. Hilariously enough, he's been targeting the game when Kevin Durant's supposed to come back against the 76ers, so that would be very interesting to see. Um, But the Nets got a great package, I think. The Sixers got what they wanted. The consensus around the league is, well... Everybody got what they wanted here, but who do you think actually won this trade, or what do you guys think of this trade? I know when we were on the pod talking about it last time, I literally said, I think Seth Curry is going to have to be involved in this if the Sixers are going to get it done, and then that was two picks and Drummond, so it was even more than I thought was going to be possible. Also, Paul Millsap going back to, not going back, but going to the Sixers as part of that deal, not that he's a major factor, but he could get some, you know, Playoff couple, minutes couple here. Key couple, rebounds, yeah, play a little yeah, defense. Right. He knows how to play hoops. He could know? be a matchup guy. Like for depending sure. on who they get, he's exactly. gonna be a matchup for sure. guy. So, for sure. Okay, Dill, what do you think? What do you think of this trade? I really do like so I don't like Ben Simmons, but I understand that he is the player that he is. I think him and Kevin Durant would be nice little. So the little Nets I, overall I think the Sixers somehow won this. 
Oh, quick, um, quick little shouts out to Kyrie Irving. They just lift the ban in New York, so he should be able to play all the games now too. So that's kind of a big factor in this trade as well. That is a large factor. Um, when probably a top ten player in the NBA, when he actually plays, gets to play. Yeah, now he can play all of his games. Crazy. Right? And in the playoffs too. In so. practice. Wow. Right. Um, so overall, I think the Sixers won this. I think James Harden's going to find a way to get back into his groove of. Uh, you know, being the dominant force, him and Embiid, I think, are going to be a great duo. Yeah. And then with freaking what's his actual name now? Tobias Harris. No, his name. Who? His name. I can't say his fake name. Oh, Glenn. Glenn. You're talking Glenn Rivers, of course. Yeah. There's only yeah. one doctor in Philadelphia. So I think that it'll be a good pairing with with Glenn there. Um, and the reason why I say this is because I don't think the Nets really know what's going on yet. Um, like ever since they landed some big free agents like KD, Kyrie, James Harden, like they've gotten rid of what they like. What was it? The year before that, they had a lot of depth. They had a lot of it was like the Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> yeah. team and Karis Levert. Right. Like they had some good talented yeah, guys. Jared Allen, right? Who were key like Joe role Harris, players? Still there, but but hurt. they never they never had the one guy to kind of lead them, right? Like if they right. had KD and added all those guys, I think they would have been better off with that roster than schlepping all those guys off, having a six- or seven-man rotation with three superstars. I think that would have been a better rotation. But anyway, um, I just don't think they have an idea exactly of who they are yet, and that could just be Steve Nash being a young uh, coach. That could be him just needing more time to develop the players into his system. I just think, along with that, like James Harden just didn't want to be there, it seemed like. So, like... Correct. And Kyrie, you add that on to it. It's like a it. whole different thing itself. But and they also, only played, like, what, 15 games together? and They played less games than Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron have played together in the two-year, like, year-and-a-half span that they've been together. Versus the, like, f- the half four a months season, yeah. that we've played so right. far, four or five months. With AD being hurt twice now. And well. LeBron and... Right. So, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, also, like, that... We can't forget that the series against the Bucks was an inch or two away from being totally different. So, yeah, again, big time games. You know, have that exaggerated moment that you don't really notice in an eighty-two game season, but in a seven-game series, you will. No doubt. So we'll see how it goes, but I don't Quick. think the Sixers are as fake. I think I think the Ben Simmons trade uh, to the Nets makes the Nets more fake. Than I ever thought the Sixers were with him. Oh, okay. Just because I think he's you're fake. right. I you're right about that. I guess. Are you saying the Nets are le- are more fake than the Sixers with Embiid and Simmons? Is that Correct. What you're saying? No, I think the Nets are a little more legit than that Sixers team. But this Sixers team is way more legit than the old Sixers team with Harden now. Like they have a chance to actually win the championship, and I think the Nets do too, because their lineup they can roll out. Which, by the way, I forgot to add as well. They added Drogic in free agency. Massive pickup. Massive pickup for them. He's a playoff killer. Especially off the bench. But they can go Kyrie Irving. They can go Seth Curry or Patty Mills. Joe Harris might be back. I don't know. But he might not. They go Kevin Durant. They can go Ben Simmons. And then they can go... Claxton or Drummond, or if they want to play super small, they could go literally Kyrie, Patty Mills, um, <clears throat> I guess Drogic if you wanted, or Joe Harris, 
Ben Simmons and Durant because Ben Simmons can guard centers, Durant can guard centers, um, and that would just be a really quick team with a ton of shooting. So I think that could be a really good lineup, or it would just be interesting to see what that looks like and what Steve Nash does with this team because he has a lot of good options. And yeah, I guess like Ben Simmons also has to come back and be good at basketball again. So we're get, we need to see that. That's really contingent on this happening. Like James Harden will be fine, I imagine. It's not as hard for him to get back into shape and, and be ready to play as, it, as I think for Ben Simmons, who passed up a wide-open dunk over Trey Young for a three because he was in his head about stuff. So if he gets back to being dominant Ben, the Nets could be seriously really good. But if he's not, then, yeah, I guess you're right. They're super fake because who knows what Kyrie's up to sometimes. If Ben Simmons is in his head all the time, I don't know what that's going to do. So yeah, but we, we know Durant – can take a team you know damn far too so i don't know doge what do you think about this trade added rogic and all the other stuff too i forgot to add there for dill so yeah i mean kind of like you said to you i think both teams kind of got what they wanted you know sixers have been kind of trying to find a way to get james harden and it kind of worked out perfectly that they're now having these issues with ben simmons and they were able to offload him and some of the other cap they were holding on to with these other guys to be able to land someone like Harden while Embiid is still having the MVP season that he is. Um, that's huge for them. I mean, what was important for the Nets is that they were able to get some depth that they very much needed. Now, with Kyrie being able to come back, being able to have him alongside, like you mentioned already, TJ, Patty Mills, Dragic, um, Seth Curry, which is huge to have those right. in the guards. Um, the thing that's going to haunt them the most is... You know, are they going to be able to play with this roster full power? You know, they've had Kevin Durant injury issues. Ben Simmons hasn't played a game all year. Kyrie, while still being healthy, has had the vaccination issue, not being able to play. So so who knows exactly what his peak, you know, every game form is going to look like for him. Yeah, he might not even be real game, like game to game shape for like a series. Like, because he's been having little stints off and stuff, so... Exactly, and when it comes down to a playoff series, um, going you know full seven games, you know you're playing the same person over and over and over again. You know, is that going to wear on a team that hasn't been able to play consistently together all year? You right. know, luckily they've got a little bit of time to try this out and and try to make it work. Um, there's just a lot more question marks over the Nets people right now, whereas James Harden. Is a proven contender. As Kyle Guy mentioned, you know, it's good for a lot of these guys to have a break. And we'll see how it comes out. I mean, is James Harden going to be the, the fake playoff guy that he has been accused of being? Like, right. Who knows, like, how that's going to end up being. And then... Can we take a second to go... Yeah, you give our stats team point. We have a peanut gallery stats team comment about... If this is a series going head-to-head... Shouts out, Mitchell Dorner. If Embiid is taking on Drummond goodbye Nets because that's he just he literally when Drummond signed with the 76ers Embiid said I rented out more space in Drummond's head like he so just dominates him so it would not be good Nicholas Claxton likely not be able to do that Kevin it's probably just gonna be a lot of double teamage maybe Ben Simmons Marcus how Aldridge. great would that be Ben Simmons covers Embiid but I want to say, let's take a second to live in this reality that probably will never exist, but I'd like to just say it and make it, like, you know, say it out loud. 
What if we get Sixers versus Nets and Ben Simmons is just wet as hell from three in that series? And it's just so mad at the 76ers fans that he just goes absolutely bonkers. Then whatever mental health program he's been on has worked because that is going to take a lot of mental strength. Yes. And as we've seen before, the Sixers have had spotty mental issue uh, shooters with Markel Fultz, a high draft pick. Ben Simmons, high draft pick. Like they get into these guys' heads that, and he's like Markel, like kind of recovered. Yeah. You know, like you he's, know, he's been he's been pretty solid. Like, but he, he's not, not mentioned a like a top guy. five pick. No, you know, because he's not playing like a top five. Right. Guy. So, like, is he what he was supposed to be? No. Has he gotten back a little bit? Sure. Are the Nets looking for Ben Simmons to come back a little bit? No. They're looking for him to be full strength. 6'11 point guard making plays right. like a 6'1 guy. Aussie brute. All he needs to do is defend and just get the ball to Durant. Like, you know what I mean? Let the other guy shoot. I mean, honestly, like... He doesn't have to shoot the ball. Correct. They have so many good shooters. He does not ever need to shoot it. The problem... He needs to get to the lane and dunk some balls, though. Kyrie holds the ball a lot. I know. It'll be interesting. They're going to be fun to watch. That's why it's going to be weird for them in 23 games to figure it out, so... Alright, let's move on to the next trade. Unless you have any more, Dosh. I was going to go t- 23 games. What's your prediction on their on their record? I have no idea what their schedule looks like. If it's easy, tough, otherwise. For who? The, the Nets, Nets or the Sixers? Nets. I, I don't even know when Ben's coming back, so I can't even give you that. Because Durant's out, too. So, like, I bet they're going to okay. win, like... I bet they have a nice seven or eight game ripper in there. Where they win in, like a, in a row. Okay. Like a good stretch where they win a few in a row. Look real good. And everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, 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 the Nets. Dominant and then they like team lose to some crappy team, and we're like, oh, they weren't for real. And then they, they like rip the, the Hawks or somebody in the first round, just absolutely torch them. I could see fourteen and nine in the next twenty three for them. I like that number, Dush, a lot. That's a good call. Thank you. Um, okay, going with twelve and eleven just on the record, since I haven't answered yet. Go right in the middle, thirteen and ten. <laughs> no, I think they win like sixteen games. Wow. Okay, so sixteen, fourteen, and twelve. Yeah, crazy. Seth Curry's a pretty damn good player, boys. That's flying under the radar. That's right. Um. Okay. Real quick aside that we don't need to talk about more, but you got because I don't think you guys have watched. But Derek White looks like he's made for the Celtics. He's an absolutely incredible, awesome, playing crunch time minutes. His plus minuses are incredible. What a great ad by the wizard that is Brad Stevens. We love him. Um, another quick aside, we can talk about this one if we want. The Los Angeles Lakers traded nobody, did nothing at the deadline. Stuck with their roster. They said, LeBron, you wanted Russ, you got him. Deal with it. Rob Palenka did say, though, I did keep LeBron and Anthony Davis informed about all the trades we could have potentially made, like the John Wall for Taylor Horton Tucker in the 2027 pick, which we did not do because we thought that would be too much to give up the pick. But I kept the guys informed. LeBron and AD, sources say, source close to LeBron and AD, say that's not true. They didn't know anything about it, and they're pissed 
that they didn't make any trades. What do you guys think the Lakers should or shouldn't have done at this deadline? What are your thoughts? Doge. I mean, the only first-round pick they even could have traded was this 2027 pick, right? Yes, looking, they don't. I don't think they have any more picks to trade. We're looking five years into the future where, in, in my eyes, probably neither LeBron or AD are going to be on that team. Right. So they're holding on for a future. Anthony of Davis might start. not even have knees in that. Like I, think in 2027. The, I think they're personally trying to hold on to what their future is going to be. They're already looking past what this team has to look like without those two guys there. Yes. To ship away, albeit five years down the road, what pick they may have. You know, I guess it was too much to ask to be able to do it. So I love John Wall too, but when's the last time we've seen him play? Is exactly. He supposed, is he supposed to be better than Russell Westbrook? I'd hope, but we don't know. The Rockets aren't playing him for a reason. <laughs> yes. And, you know, since he jumped up on the scorer's table at the Wizards, oh. that, was la- that was the last time I remember him being, being a great They lost that series, too. I to, know. Uh, to us, which is fucking great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, if I were them, I probably wouldn't have made the move either. Now, to run the shady business that they do, say that they're telling their stars one thing and their stars come back and say that that's not the case... News to me, first off, I hadn't heard that side of the story, but it's interesting. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, if they if they don't catch any sort of momentum running into the end of this season, there's going to be some major clearing out in that team, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I could very much see the holdout. I could see players demanding trades. I think so. the only guy you know that's safe is on that roster is the goddamn king right now. And... I love Anthony Davis, but he needs to play some more ball. He's been two data Davis. Yeah, he is Mr. David Data Davis, and it's not not a deal. Dill, what do you think of the Lakers holding Pat here? I mean, this isn't a team that they're in rebuild mode. No. <laughs> so I don't know how you look at their season and say, you know what? I think we're gonna hold on to what we have. I mean, unless they're so worried about being absolutely terrible again, like they did. Yeah, they were towards so the end bad. of Kobe's career, where they just like had nothing. It's terrible. I love. And some of like the the like Kobe, Kobe like they were terrible like faces that he would make, especially with uh, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell at one time. Julius, like, yeah. Like that team, man, that was tough. But I mean, they have to be looking at the recent history and being like, we don't want to go there again. We can't give up any more. We signed these guys. We put together this team at the beginning of the season for a reason. For whatever, we just haven't been able to figure it out. And that's, you know, hey, if we were healthy, we would be fine. You know, we'd be top, I don't know, let's say top six in in the West. And then when you're looking at, how do they match up against the Suns? They just got beat by the Suns last year in the in the first round. LeBron's first time ever losing the first round. Dana Davis. Um, the Warriors are getting back, and they're right at the top, you know, of the West as well. Uh, the Jazz are still really good in the West. Like there are a lot of good teams in the West that, in a seven game series, I'm not really confident in the, how LeBron can do everything. Look good. Well, yeah, yeah, and and the Grizzlies, like, right? They, they, Lakers probably beat them, but still. You never know. 
They should be able to, but then right. there that's are hungrier right. players on those right. teams. Like, LeBron is what he is, but he's still not the hungriest guy out there, I don't think. He's not Giannis, right. Just, like, going crazy every single second. So, if Russ can learn how to shoot again, like, oh, at any rate... It's so sad what happened. He just... I wish he was good still. Stinks. He, it's his decision-making and poor shooting. And lack of... They... Nobody on their team plays any defense. They got rid of all their defenders in those trades. No Caruso. He was a beast. KCP, beast. Kuzma, surprisingly a beast. Taylor Horton Tucker, not a beast. Russ has been on a team pretty much his entire career where he has to be a volume guy, though. Yeah, you that just too. With being on LeBron's team and Anthony Davis's team when he's able to play, I mean, did you hear he literally said that his back hurts because he hasn't, he's not used to sitting on the bench this much? <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> like that, he literally, Russ, he said that. He said, one of the reasons I'm, like, not performing well is because I, I'm not feeling as good because I'm not used to sitting on the bench for these different long stretches. Which, like, I'm not going to not believe him, but that is bizarre. To hear. If your back hurts from sitting, we've got to we've got to work something out. You got to get the trainers on that. If you can't yeah, get sit on the, just that. get on the bike the whole time or something, man. Like yeah, let's yeah. put a pillow or some sort of cushion here or have some sort of arch or, or arch support. Shit, go full, back support go or full, something. Go full bird, lay down, stand. No one cares. Bird was a a legend for that. He had to lay down between quarters. He get back up, drop thirty on your ass, lay back down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you perform well, who cares if you're laying down? If you're still doing what you're doing and you're laying down, it looks like you're being lazy. You know? Well, yeah. Well, Russ is not a lazy guy. Correct. I mean, but like, I'm saying it's, know it's that, a look. Obviously. Sure. It's a look. Like, come on. Like, obviously. The picture of Russ, like, patting LeBron and Anthony Davis on their heads, like, before the All-Star break. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It is so funny because LeBron looks so goddamn pissed. And AD also is just like, get this shit out of here, man. And it's just so funny. Because it's right after the deadline, so they're just like, dude, we are stuck with this right now. It's not going anywhere. Like, this team, ugh. So, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe that's what it takes to set your eyes on the prize, is that you actually know that now there is no way out of what we have. We're stuck with it, right. so we gotta, gotta go. No distractions, right. no trades, no anything. Right, like we're playing, who's, we're playing who's gonna win us the game in the fourth quarter. Sorry, Russ, like you might have to sit out some games. Like, AD, like let's get going, buddy. Come on. Um, I mean, LeBron's having, uh, as far as points per game wise, best year of his career, which is a theme with Russ and his teammates. Um. His average is 27, and he's averaging almost 30 this year. So, well, just over 29. So, he's he has advantages of being there. They just haven't figured out what all those advantages are. I mean, yeah. Maybe he just has to be like a savage bench guy. I don't know. I'm not going to try to fix Russell Westbrook. Yeah, like if you pair him up with all of the secondary team guys like I don't know maybe that'll go well who knows maybe it'll kind of get people like yeah what if they're just like hey man when Bron's on the court like you're not on the court but when <laughs> when he's off you get to just be you and just go 
and just be yourself and just get all the shots up and take it all and like be a one man wrecking ball. Turn him into a real sixth man. Have him go right. out there and replace the big dog. Yeah, we'll get him and Drake on the line and he'll have to talk to him about being a six god. You know. So do you guys want to do <laughs> next the European big that was moved from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference or the European big that was moved from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference? Both were surprising trades. Surprise me with the European big. They're both European. They're bigs. both European. I, come on, guys. I know. <clears throat> I think we have to talk about... It's a brutal joke. Sabonis to the Kings. Let's hear it. First of all, this trade, it seemed like came out of nowhere. Um, we knew Sabonis was likely on the move. So that's not the part that was kind of out of nowhere. We thought he might have gotten traded. Looked like the Pacers were kind of in blow it up. Let's not maybe not blow it up, but let's rebuild this version of our team not working. Let's get a new star or try to get a chance at a new star. So let's go get some young players. Let's go get some some picks here. Um, and the biggest piece that they got, which everybody is shocked that the Kings gave this young man up. But Tyrese Halliburton coming over to the Pacers is a major prize there. Um, I'll need to get the rest of the picks here while you guys discuss this to get the full package. Because what's said on the like, trade deadline isn't always you know, finalized till a couple days after. So let me get the full scope here. You know, but, Buddy Heald too, right? Yeah, Buddy, Buddy Heald as well, one. yes, ex- who is a great trade piece. Tristan Thompson, who was cut from the Pacers, but that's okay. Um, and then I believe some picks. So I wanted, I wanted to check on the picks there. Um, but Tristan Thompson not on the Kings. Or, uh, well, not on the Kings anymore either. But I think he's on the Bulls now. So who he's going to sign with um, in a buyout market. But Sabonis so has been really good on the Kings so far, by the way. Um, seeming like a pretty good investment. They're trying to make a push to go to the playoffs. Um, but obviously we think the Pacers got the biggest hole here with Tyrese Halliburton. So... At least I do. Doge, what do you think about that? No, I agree. Um, I think if the Kings are trying to make the playoff push, I'm sure Sabonis is all-star caliber. Um, but Sabonis is a great player. I don't know if that's necessarily the move that I would have you know, sold my soul to. Uh, you, you got rid of a player that was, like the fir- I think, the first player ever in his first two seasons to shoot 40% from three both wow. seasons. And Tyrese Halliburton. He's 20 years old. We saw him play in the Rising Stars game. Yeah, he was really good. He is very talented. I got to see him in person on his debut in Indy with nice. uh, our good friend Ed. Shots and, out. I mean, he played really well right out the gate. He uh, Very smart player. He has, a, he has a poise about him, and uh, he was just really moving the ball well, fast, kept the momentum of the game going with him, and uh, he shoots well too. So, I mean... It, Ed, being a Pacers fan, was thrilled to have him on their team. And, you know, if he was getting rid of Zabonis to get the haul that they did with Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton coming in there, um, they wound up getting Jalen Smith in as well, which was another young big that I don't big think... Big pickup. Big pickup. Um, but I think it was the, the right... Just giving the away for nothing. I'm... 
I, I agree that Zabonis has been playing well since he's gone to the Kings, but I feel like the Pacers win this trade. This um, is another kind of another kind of win-win, but the Kings lost because they gave up. They should have given up Fox instead of Halliburton, and it would have been a win-win for sure. But now it's like a Pacers massive win and a Kings kind of minor win. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're still very you know close. Obviously, the All-Star break gave us about a week almost where we didn't get to see any of the, the teams really playing together. So yep. we'll get to see more of it now. Um, you know, in the coming weeks here, but with so few games left, um, Pacers aren't going to be making the playoffs, so we'll have to see what the Kings are able to make of it this year. If it's a win-now scenario and they wind up making the playoffs and can make a push, then good for them. But as Dill alluded to when we were talking about the Lakers, the West is absolutely loaded right now. Loaded. I don't see anyone that the Kings could beat in the first round. No. They're, they're top-heavy. I think they're no, just trying no. to get there. They had the longest playoff drought in NBA history, so they're just trying to get right. there. So even if they – yeah, but even if they do, then, you know, a first-round exit, is it worth it, you know, to to take that win-now approach just for a first-round exit when you had a 20-year-old that was shooting the lights out that you can play with these other guys? I don't know. So Right. Is it worth giving up your future to possibly lose in the play-in game? Right. Which isn't really the playoffs, but it kind of is. Exactly. And, you know, to have that, that early exit to, to get rid of the future, you know, it's tough. I don't know if I would have made the same move. But if it means that much to them to get into the playoffs, get after it. Good for yep. you guys. Right, right. exactly. Dill, what do you think about Sabonis Land going to the Kings? Uh, I think it was a huge win for the Pacers. I don't really get it if you're the Kings. I think this is just another demonstration yeah. Or example of them being a failure of an organization for the last, well, forever. Um, other than a couple seasons maybe with like the Chris Webber team and uh, was it Bibby, right? And, and Peja, like that, I don't know, and that was what, when I was six or seven. So the last two decades they haven't been very relevant. Um, I don't know, I mean they gave up a lot to get Sabonis. And I think if you... On paper, if you just have all the names like blacked out or like not shown, right, and you saw, okay, this team gave up all of this for this, and maybe you just had like a an A minus for Sabonis or uh, a C plus or some sort of like rating, you'd be like, oh, the team that got five different items, right, definitely won this. Even when you put the names in there, I don't think that that changes at all. It's weird though. Usually, when you have like a, it's like, you know, for lack of a better term, because uh, Sabonis is a big player. He's not like a star, but like when there's a star player trade, usually the team that gets like the young guys and the picks is not the team that like wins that. I'd say more often. Like I don't right. think like, the Rockets don't... won the James Harden trade with right. the Nets, but like this one, the Pacers definitely smoked the Kings on, yep. which is pretty consensus by a lot of people. But still. If the Kings make the playoffs, then they can put their middle fingers up to everybody and be like, look, we did this for this reason, and we were right, so screw you guys. I mean, they're still but. 16 games under five they They're <laughs> three and a half games out of 10th place. That's terrible. They're six games, games out of ninth, and almost What have they, what have they done games. in their last five, though? Like, what's the, they done with Sabonis been, being there? They're four and six, and they've lost two straight. <laughs> So I mean, overall, like I just don't Not think terrible. there there are no answers there. No, 
I'm trying hard to, for Kings fans to give them some love, but because it's yeah. you know Cincinnati Royals to the Kings, but Jeezel, no, not looking, not looking good. Okay, other European big. This one, big time shock for me. Porzingis traded to the Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. What a weird trade, let me tell you. Clearly, Luca and, and, and the Zinger, Porzingis, were not getting along, or that. You know, duo did not work. Porzingis just doesn't really fit the way Doncic plays. They kind of had a outside-outside game instead of an inside-outside game. Davis Bertans is a good shooter, uh, but pretty overpaid, it seems like, for his position. Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy who likes the ball in his hands a lot, um, but is, you know, kind of a leader, very good point guard, backup point guard, side guard guy, came, worked his way up from the G League, so... Uh, you know, he's always got a lot to prove, but I don't know. I guess if I'm the Wizards, I'm kind of excited because we got now a little bit of a team going with Bradley Beal and we got Kuzma and Porzingis and Danny Advia, a little Rui Hachimura there. Um, so we've kind of got some stuff going on. We're cooking with a little gas here in, in Washington, but... For Dallas, I, I don't, would not be happy with what we got for Porzingis because we gave up a ton for Porzingis. Brad Wanamaker? I mean, like... Oh, my God. Excuse me. Brad Wanamaker, my the on. layup god. Kansas Winston. They got a lot of young guys over there in, uh, in yeah, Washington. Yeah, they do. They do. A lot, of, um, a lot of zags, as in two that I can see. If you have more than one, it's a lot on yeah. an NBA team, you know? Who's this? Who are they? Zags, Rui, and Corey Kispert. Oh, Kispert, sure. Yeah, yeah the he one who I nice. thought was uh, Timmy. Yeah, we that was we... bad. That was bad. We thought it was Drew Timmy. <laughs> That's all right. We don't watch college hoops. Sue me. An NBA guy. So we're not doing college transfer window right now. It's NBA trade deadline. Um, what do you, I don't know. What do you guys think of this trade? It's just a weird one. I don't know who won. I don't know if we'll ever know who won. It kind of, I think both teams just kind of like, here's my plate of crap. Do you want this for your plate of crap? Yeah, yeah. Let's try this flavor for a change. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think I with. Think it, uh, Go ahead, Dave. I think it was a move by the the Mavericks, just that you know you're talking a big that has already had surgery in both knees. Yeah. And if you're talking chemistry with your big man, Luca. I mean, if it if it's not working out and you still have him for two more years on what was it? He signed like a five year, hundred sixty million dollar contract. Like you're paying fat stacks to a guy to get you. I think Dinwiddie's expiring. I'm gonna check that. So that could be some um, for him. Well, one thing that they're saying about Dinwiddie coming over is that it does provide the Mavericks a little bit of you know backup plan insurance because Jalen Brunson's gonna be an unrestricted free agent and very well could roll out of there. So. I feel like they brought over a piece that they can use as guard depth, given if Jalen Brunson decides to roll, um, which he could. But, you know, you're looking at Dinwiddie being 18 mil a year instead of Kristaps making well over 30. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're cutting cap. You, you have a backup plan should Jalen Brunson not want to come back and re-sign as a UFA. So, um 
if if Porzingis wasn't going to be your guy in the future and the answer for you, then ship him, I guess. I mean, it, it's tough, though, because that blockbuster deal when he came from the Knicks seemed like it was going to be a huge... Yeah, massive deal. Huge play, and then it seems like they sold really low, bought high and sold low with him. Uh-huh. So I think they're just cutting their losses. Um, yeah. But if they don't see a future with him, then it's, then it's good to do it now, then to let it continue to fester... Maybe he gets hurt again next year, and you're stuck paying that money to a guy that's going to ride in the reserves all year. So, it's tough. Very tough. Definitely tough. The Wizards, too, kind of have a little bit of, like, a backup pseudo-star if Bradley Beal decides to walk, too. Like, Porzingis is kind of a fun guy to watch. So, yeah. he can get some people going there. Maybe um, maybe they think he's going to be the MVP caliber guy that he was to the Knicks for the two season. Weeks. Yeah. Before he got hurt. He yeah. was awesome, man. He was. He really, that was fun to watch. Same day that they made the trade, the Mavs wound up uh, extending Dorian Finney-Smith for another four years. Nice. Paying good, him. Good Florida guy right there. I knew they wanted yeah. to keep him. Yeah, four that years, 55 mil. So, I mean, he's I mean, he's not shooting the lights out, but he is averaging career high, you know, 10 points per game. He's never even done that in his career. So, I mean, he's more of a role-player guy. He's not going to be the Porzingis-type player, but if he's giving you – 10 points, 5 boards, a couple assists. It's a pretty solid outing. You're only paying him 11. Ooh. Lizzie. Go ahead, carry on. No, I mean, I think I think it's exactly what it is. It's just the Mavericks kind of cutting their losses on someone they thought was going to be bigger for them. Yeah. And uh, getting out of it now, getting a few different pieces that they can use as role players in a, you know, in a playoff scenario with their superstar. So, I'll let you know how they look Saturday. Sure. Oh, do you think is the Zinger going to be playing? Maybe. I don't know. I've seen him play before, but yeah. Who's who's the? uh, I'm gonna have to do some some look up on this, dude. You're gonna just be going. Damn it. Who's is pretty damn good. The Lakers blew that. That's what you're gonna find yourself saying. Um. Who's the big for Kentucky that played? For the Mavs for a few years, uh, he was like defensive, freakish, tall guy. Terrence Jones. No, no, he was on the Rockets. He was thick. I want to think Terrence you're, you're thick. like thinking of Willie Cauley Stein, but I don't think he was on the Mavs. Yeah, yeah, Nerlens Noel. That's oh, who it was. big Nerlens. That's team coming in hot. I remember seeing second him. Mitchell Dorner shout out of the night when I saw the the Mavs play the Cavs before. Um, when he was on the Mavs or whatever, Nerlens Noel, uh, I thought he looked really good, and then he just never has done anything since. And it was yeah, like he tried to so, sue Rich Paul, I think he lost. There are guys who have a lot of potential, but just in the right situ or in the wrong situation, don't do anything. So maybe it's just a situation that Porzingis just didn't work out for the Mavs. New York just sucked at that time, and he'll find his spot in Washington with uh, Wes quick, Unsell Jr. Quick run it back to the Kings. They absolutely, speaking of Doncic as well. Doncic, shout out to Chuck. <laughs> Doncic. Doncic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they gave up on Marvin Bagley, too. When the, the, the draft that they absolutely blew the worst, they gave up on Marvin Bagley, and I don't even remember what they got back from him from the the Pistons, but maybe the Pistons will be able to revitalize Marvin Bagley with some Kate Cunnington love, but he did nothing for the Kings there, and his dad always wanted him to get traded. Well, Cunnilingus. 
What? Little cunnilingus up there in Detroit. What? <laughs> what, Kate Cunningham? Kate, yeah, I guess. Little cunnilingus, you know? Uh, is that what they're calling him up there? Yeah. <laughs> not even, it's not even that close just because they have Pistol Pete? Cunnilingus? <laughs> you can stop saying cunnilingus. My mom listens to this podcast. That's probably the easiest and nicest word you can talk about. If we're... His name is Cunningham, you know? Like, what? Um, point is, the Pistons are nothing to talk about. That's the only thing to talk about. There. Well, I just wanted to give another another point to the the The, Revitalization. Kings, the Kings just being a not great organization. Marvin Bagley not getting that rookie max extension and being traded for... You know, yesterday's sandwich in a, a washer and dryer. So, um, let's go to another trade now. And we got to talk. I think this is the last one we can talk about. We'll move on to halftime here. Mm-hmm. CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard broken up. Not a mess. Down to New Orleans here. So, Pelicans getting a nice score to go along with Brandon Ingram and Zion. More kind of like an adult in the room, if you will. A good veteran, a guy who's been around the league, real professional guy. Um, And the Blazers get some cap relief. They get some pick action. They get, uh, I believe, Josh Hart as well. Um, So, what do you guys think of this trade? Do you think this is a good thing for Zion and the Pelicans? Or do you think this is just another step? in the Zion leaving process, which seems to be kind of how it's going. Recently, CJ said he had not heard from Zion, but that has changed, I guess, since J.J. Redick came on and lit up Zion on his uh, first take appearance. If you haven't seen that, it's very funny. So, uh, Dill, what do you think of the CJ to the Pelicans action? Yeah, I mean, he rules rules that locker room over all the Dukies there with him as a 15-seed Lehigh winner in the NCAA tournament against the Duke number two seeds. You know, so I think Zion needs to uh, buck up. Realize that he's in the NBA and has to play to get paid. Has to play to be the star that he's supposed to be. I think eventually it'll be okay. Uh, I just don't think this year like, I mean, there's nothing they're going to do this year. So I'm nervous for Zion, dude. The hit, J.J. Redick, I'm telling you, that clip, it's just like, is he taking this serious at all? Like, this is what it seems like J.J. is just like, I don't know how serious Zion has taken. Was it a Mountain Dew commercial that we were talking about? Where he looks humongous. Where he's 6'9", 452 pounds. And he looks, he's next to, yeah, he's next to Zach Levine up there. Yeah, oh, my boy. Yeah, your guy. Hey, he got some Mountain Dew love. He's been good so far. You know, he's been good. He's very good. So, couldn't stop LeBron on that last play though in the All Star game. His knees a little weak, so that's true. So is LeBron's though. So even matchup of weakened knees. Yeah. Both left knees. Hmm. Interesting. It was a great matchup. Both good dunkers. Powerful, but. Pelly's just are not a team to like. I don't even think about them at all, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch Butler, but eh, I mean your team's. Eh. 
David Griffin fighting for his job there. That Jackson. was a big. That was a big pull. I mean, that was the, a big pull. C.J. McCollum could be huge for them. I mean, you got Jackson Hayes. I mean, if you're Zion, don't you think you'd want to, like, hop in and get rolling with CJ? Like, that'd be fun, I think. He's a good shooter. I mean, he's probably going to have to have another surgery on his foot, so it's not going to be anytime soon. <sighs> yeah, God damn it, Doge. You're right. That stinks. So, I mean, it's... I would feel a little disconnected from the locker room if I was Zion, too. I just haven't gotten to play. I'm going to be out again, have to get another operation. Is this a situation where he's almost kind of not necessarily trusting the trainers kind of like Kawhi was when he was in San Antonio, you know. I was supposed to be coming back and healing, and now I've got these other issues, and I haven't even gotten to play yet. So uh, it's it's got to be tough for him mentally to be able to come back and be fully connected when you haven't even gotten to come back and play, and you're probably going to have to go into the operating room again. So yep. that's got to be tough for him. Um Given, I liked JJ's points. You know, if someone goes out and trades for an all-star superstar shooter like CJ McCollum to bring him into the backcourt to play with you, you know, they're trying to build around you, Zion. I don't know if you've realized that yet, but yeah, you right. got you got to reach out. And when someone comes in like that, like, hey, welcome to the team. Really looking forward to being able to get back out on that court whenever that is to play with you. You know, we're going to be able to do a lot. But yeah, when is that going to be? So. Is he rehabbing and stuff, like, in New Orleans? He had a setback or in his rehab, but I think he was in New... I don't know if he's in New Orleans or not. Because I know a lot of times they're, like, out in L.A. training, right. or they have their medical professionals in L.A., or, like, somewhere that's not where that team is, right? So, if I don't know if anyone knows that at all, but I feel like if you're out all of this time and you're not able to be on the court, you need to be there with the team. You know what I mean? Like you still need to have like a presence where you can build camaraderie with your teammates off the court. You can build trust. You can do a lot of stuff off the court that once you get onto the court and you start working together and that starts gelling, it's going to be a lot easier when you just can trust that guy is going to stay there uh, for the shot when you're driving versus you end up driving, he cuts down with you, you throw the ball out of bounds. That's like a very specific situation but it's still overall just like the trust team building i don't know i just don't think there's an excuse uh other than the fact that if he's not in the same place then for obvious reasons that makes sense that he can't be there right yeah i mean i, I don't know even still you know, like with all the, the zoom and stuff right i was like, gonna say in the era of like, facetiming and mobile um, like working from home stuff where you it's so accessible to call pick up the phone call text FaceTime email shit I mean AIM his ass find a way to connect dude come on all Especially, the best teams that have ever won championships are like they're like one of the things is we're so connected we're all linked together we're all you know everybody gels everybody knows their role like obviously it's probably tough for him because he's so hurt to like figure out what his role really is there, but still like you should try to work on being connected and being together with all your teammates and like knowing what CJ likes or you know things that he doesn't want to do. Like, hey, I know I can't play right now, but let's talk about what we want to do in the pick and roll. Like, how do you roll off of it? Or, like, where do you like your shot pocket? Or like, how should I roll off of this? Or, like, when I like to roll to the hoop, if you see my eyes get big, like, know to throw it on the opposite side because I can go up and under. Like, who knows all these different little things that you can still talk about. 
But if you're not talking to your teammates, how can you be connecting with them? And, and being a good teammate requires, you know, at least chatting with your guys. You don't have to love them I or think be best friends with them. That's but. what I was just about to say. That even if you aren't actually best friends with somebody or friends with them at all, you still respect them on the court as a professional and you find a way to get around it, right? Like, I don't think that every team out there has had... It's all hunky-dory where everyone loves each other. There have definitely been times where people fight in the locker room and then they find a mutual respect for each other and then they end up playing really well all of a sudden together. Right. You know, and It's happened on the Celtics multiple times in the past couple of seasons. Like, they have a players-only right. team meeting, you know what I mean? And they find a way to rally around the team. Uh, yeah, so... I just I want to see him on the court. I, so I that's hope he exactly gets. Too. I hope I he gets healthy. Zion, he's so much fun to watch, dude. Ugh. I hope he gets healthy, and then once he's on the court, then the Pelicans are a team I'm willing to talk about again. But until then, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, you're right. He is that good too, where he can make them just instantly be like, "All right, now we got to start taking the Pelicans like at least a little bit serious, like, like they playoff." Could, yeah, they could contend in a series. Right. They could hurt. They could beat somebody if they have a hurt guy. Like Chris Paul's not fully back. Maybe I mean maybe not them, but. Which pour one out for Chris Paul and his finger. Six weeks, not Six good. Six to eight weeks. Just the whole rest of the regular season. So yep. maybe he got his injury out of the way. And he'll be healthy for the playoffs. This could be good for them. You know, it could be one of those things where they find other guys to step up and then they're more willing to take that shot in the in the big game because they've taken it for the last 20 in the regular season. So yep, could be a blessing in disguise. Um, any other trades that you guys have to talk about or... Uh, we should add. I guess I before the deadline, Karis LeVert added to the the Cavs. Like that's a pretty nice add for them. Um, but he yeah. closed out the game against his former team. They're playing in in Indianapolis. It was fun to watch. He could definitely score, score the rock. There's no doubt. Um, okay, let's move on to halftime then. Doge, I'll swing it right back to you. Where can we find the clubhouse specific? Social media stuff. We are on Facebook. It is the Clubhouse. Clubhouse, all one word there for you. Twitter and Instagram. We've got identical handles here. Clubhouse underscore TCSN. Mm-hmm. Clubhouse underscore TCSN. So give us a follow, like, subscribe, all the fun stuff. And uh, look for new episodes and content coming out there on those pages. Big deal. Your time to shine, my guy. Where can we find the Cheap Seats Network? Social media. Yeah, I, I couldn't find any good ways to throw in hints for the SN this week, so you guys are just going to have to guess it off the top. But before we get there, to find us on Facebook, the meta, the blue and white <laughs> FB, <laughs> type it in. Four words, the Cheap Seats Network. The Cheap Seats Network. And on Twitter, this is where the SN used to come into play. But you can find us on Twitter at the underscore cheap underscore seats. But when you have TCSN for the cheap blank blank, does you look like you're about ready to talk right now. So go ahead and blurt it out, dude. What does it mean? No, I'm not. I'm not. I have a great one. Okay. If you, <laughs> a great one is what it is. We'll see what your guess is. It has probably nothing to do with what you have. But in honor of the All-Star Weekend and in the honor of all the great 
NBA 75 Legends, I was going to go with Cleveland. Starry Night because of all the stars that were in town in Cleveland. Every time, Dill's like, ah, that was a good one. Okay, Doge, go ahead and I'll let you know if that was right. Yeah. <laughs> you still haven't even decided it yet. Um, no, it it's is going to be significant nutcracker. Okay, so you got part of the second word. Okay. T-C-S-N for squirrel nuts. Hmm. Cheap squirrel nuts. They're probably running out. It's getting winners, you know. Right. The stockpiles are running low. Yeah. I thought about Ice Age. That's more topical than you think, though. You know, I saw a commercial for it. Especially they were probably just out the past couple days with it being a bit warm. They're kind of getting tricked into be like, here we go, and then boom. Yeah. Crossed right in front of my car. Didn't even know it was coming. Didn't hit it, but... Thank goodness. I saw a squirrel and uh, <laughs> thought that it would be good to have squirrel nuts on here. So Sure. No, that was a pretty good one. Pretty good one. I'll take it. Let's uh, let's go third quarter here, boys. Be on the lookout, possibly, for uh, new merch coming soon. No big deal. So... Keep your eyes peeled, folks. Um, third quarter. We're just going to do a little NBA All-Star Weekend recap. Uh, Dozier and I had the pleasure of going to the Rising Stars Challenge. Shouts out to our boy, Gordon Taylor, there. We appreciate you, dude. Solid hookup. Um, and that was a really fun time. We saw a bunch of the young stars out there. Doge mentioned Halliburton earlier. There are guys like Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs in there. You got your Lamelo Balls. You got uh, Anthony Edwards action. Evan Mobley. So it was really cool to see all these guys. A lot of them on uh, teams that our buddies are rooting for. No, no young season there, but that's okay. Um, but it was still a, a ton of fun to see. And they had a new format this year as well for the Rising Stars. So that was fun to check out, uh, where they had uh, a little mini tournament going on. They had new floor mats. Yeah, they had a bunch of new floor mats. Sweet. Uh, for All Star Weekend, they had to have put like you know the new logos. special ones in from Cintas. Yeah, cool. well, I don't know if it was Cintas or not, but Universe, probably Universe floor mats. Um, <clears throat> but along with the floor mats, they had a bunch of other cool staging and lighting and other things special for the All Star Weekend. The pro shop was popping off with a bunch of old cool gear, a bunch of uh, All Star jerseys, a bunch of really cool Cavs stuff as well, a bunch of Cleveland. You know, all-star weekend stuff, um, which was great. So we had a great time there. Um, so I don't know if you caught any of the Rising Stars Challenge, Dill, but Doge, give me your quick two cents about, uh, I almost just said Quicken Lens Arena, but it's not. It's the morgue, the Rocket Field. or Rocket, Rocket Morgue. Rocket Lobo. You know what I mean. I'm leaving that. Just let it go. The morgue. <laughs> I'm leaving it as the morgue, and that's why I call it the morgue. The Rocket the morgue Mortgage Fieldhouse. When we were there. Uh, it was an absolute blast. I mean, they converted that Cavs team shop straight up to a full NBA team store and uh, had all sorts of different gear for the weekend, past all-star stuff. It was awesome. Um, but like you mentioned, the NBA Rising Stars Challenge was sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the format was really cool. Having four different legends draft young guys to their team yep. and then have them play, you know, two games you know one versus one and then the, the two winning teams 
uh, going head to head for the final was really cool to watch. You know, added a little bit more pressure. Got to win this first game right out the gate, and then you know, be hot and ride it out to the end. And the team that wound up winning actually had two of the hometown guys with Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro on there. So the crowd kind of got the win there watching yeah. those guys, and they were able to get into it a little bit more since they had some of their young guns out there falling out. So it was really cool. It made me a lot more interested in the Rising Stars um, game than I ever had in the past mm-hmm. just because I love a good tourney, man. Who doesn't? Just the old knockout stage. It's so fun. And when you get to see some guys that you would never see play, you know, especially coming from the G League as well, uh, it was really fun to watch. I, I enjoyed it. It's something that I'll continue to watch now year after year just because you get to see some of those young studs at a lot higher volume and seeing them play. Um, you know, Desmond Bain was out of there, you know, out of this world. He was playing really he well. He was awesome. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was playing great. Um, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro. Cade Cunningham. Cool. Cade Cunningham was... He made some yeah, moves where you were just like, man, oh man, this guy is going to be really good. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq was really there. good. Kills the Celtics every time. God dang. Pistons. Good for them. So, I really enjoyed watching. Yes. Me too. Okay, Dill, before you get into the Rising Stars, I got to tell a quick little, like, super funny story that happened to me and happened to Doge and uh, Trev at the team shop. Although... More funny for me because I'm the Celtics guy here. So I'll preface that little teaser there for the story. So we're in line. Trev's in front of us. Well, there's a guy in front of us. There's Trev. And then Doge is a couple of spots back. He's like, yo, let me hop up here. I'm like, hop in here, Doge. Let's see if this can roll So he's standing up there with me. We're going to get going next after Trev. He's cashing out. Me and Doge are rolling together, cashing out. Uh, but before we get to cash out, the guy who was in front of us, he was having some trouble... He's trying to get a discount right at the beginning. So kind of holding up the line a little bit. Not that it was like too long, but he's like, hey, I get this discount, you know, blah, blah, blah. The guy's like, no, man, I need the special code. You got to have the app. He's like, I don't have the app. He turns to his son. He goes, hey, man, don't worry. Like, I'm going to get this jersey signed on Sunday. Like, no, no big deal. I'm sorry this is taking so long. And like, I'm looking at Doge. I'm looking at Trev. I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's a pretty bold promise for a dad to be making with a Doncic jersey sitting on the table. Like, that's not just an autograph you can just go get, I'd imagine. And so then he goes, because he's kind of getting a little frustrated, you can tell, but he's not being rude but in any means. But he's like, hey, man, I'm literally refing the game on Sunday. Can you just give me the damn get- discount? Like, my badge says NBA ref. And the guy who, like, couldn't be, he's younger than us, is like, no, man, I got to see the discount. I got to see the app, which is so funny. Um, and so the manager the manager of the whole entire store comes over. She's like, here, sir, here's this app. I'll download it on my phone. Type in your name, and we'll give you the discount. Here's my phone, or something like that. So he, like, takes a second to do that. Trev checks out. He gets the discount, and he wants to cut me, which, like, I don't care, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, of course the ref can, like, you know, cut in front of us. He's reffing the game on Sunday. That's hilarious. And then he looks at me. He goes, hey, are you a Celtics fan? And I'm like, do a quick, like, hey, man, like, look at me. Like, I have my KG jersey on. I have my Celtics sweatpants on. I have my green and blue, or not, green and black and white, you know, Jordans on. Like, I couldn't be any more Celtic'd out right now. Like, I am a Celtic fan for sure. He's like, 
Well, yeah, man, I did your game against the Sixers the other day. We, You didn't need any, any of our help in that game, which was, like, so funny because we beat the Sixers by, like, 50 points right before the break, which is hilarious. And I gave him a nice little, hey, man, just give Tatum some calls on, on Sunday. And he's like, ah, blah, blah, I'll see what I can do. Just, like, kind of a joking thing. But it was funny to, like, run into a ref. He was a really nice dude as well. Looked like one of the most in-shape dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like, he could run for days. Um, but... Just funny to see, and like funny that he had to use the team shop as well, and that they wouldn't give him the discount. When it's like, you can tell this guy's a ref. This thing says he's a ref, but funny to run in all the Celtics fans. Tons of cool jerseys throughout the whole entire stadium at the Rising Stars thing. Like, bunch of throwback stuff, bunch of like old school leather jackets with patches. Like, everybody was decked out in their gear. It was cool to see for sure. So. Did you catch any of the games, Dill, like in that format? Because it was cool. I was interested to see what it was like TV-wise. Because I, I caught some of the other formats in the Cleveland, but they didn't like do a good justice of what they did in the stadium to like show some of the stuff. Like a little graphics, I guess, if you will, with Garland and those guys. But maybe they'll still be there when you go. So, sorry to disappoint, but um, no. I figured not. Especially, I was going to ask yes. if there was a unanimous team or jersey, maybe, that mm. other than the Cavs was the most Lakers. well represented. Without a doubt. Lakers. Not even close. Even more I, than the Cavs? I hated it so much. I might have been the only Celtic fan in the building. Was it more than Cavs, though? Like, as far as. No, no it was Cavs. It was a lot of Cavs. A lot of Cav action. Cavs but, dominant. Mm-hmm. And Lakers, and then kind of. Probably some bulls. A lot of bull action. Um, there's a lot of grizzly love I saw, weirdly enough. Were they like the old school jerseys? Some, and then there was some Desmond Bain action, some Jaw, a couple Jaron Jackson love in there I saw. Uh, a lot of fans. AI love, which, you know, you love to see. Um, okay. Yeah, that's like some Pacers love throughout a little bit. Those you recognize is that you you kind of agree with me there? Or there's something that stood out to you? No, yeah. I mean, it was Cavs, Lakers, um, like you said. Yeah, Grizzlies definitely had some love out there. A little bit of Pacers, a little bit of Bulls, a little bit of Knicks. Yeah, Knicks love. I forgot about the Knicks love. So easy to forget. Yeah. Bing bong. <laughs> Bing bong. Um, jeez. Okay. Well, then let's move on to the next event. We have to talk about... I can't believe we took this long. It's the greatest and most memorable dunk contest I'm that we've ever had. I can't believe livid. I missed it. I can't believe I, I missed it. I am livid that I missed it. can't believe I missed it. Doge, did you end up watching it? I watched it. Oh, I feel so bad for you. No. It sucked. Was it the 2022 Miss Shot Contest? Yes. It was the 2022 Obi Toppin here. Congrats, you dunked the ball contest. Like, that's what... Ugh. Obi Toppin, OU slopping. The Tim's dunk by Cole Anthony was kind of cool, but, like, also not... He also took forever to put them on. He came See, out there... that does not show in the clip, which is really funny. That's he came funny. out there and did the spectacle of his dad coming out and like giving him a backpack and like giving him the Tims. Yeah. And then he had to walk back to the bench to take off his shoes and then put the Tims on and then like lace them up higher because they weren't fully laced up. So he had to like loop. We literally watched him loop the laces through oh like he had gosh. just bought the shoes 
and then tie him up. Like who's somebody's got to give him some better prep with that. My goodness. Obi Toppin standing there on the bench, just pointing to his wrist, like, "Yo, what's the time on this?" Because it probably took him two minutes after he was handed the Tims huh. just to put him on. My gosh, who is this? It was so Cole stupid. Anthony. It was dumb. I saw somebody tweet, and I uh, apologies, Mrs. Wagner, but this is not my words. So this is a quote, so don't get mad at me. But that they said Jalen Green. Uh, NFT that everybody got this weekend is for nine fucking times that he tried to dunk the ball because he never could. <laughs> I mean, it was just awful. I mean, it. They they had so many missed shots. When you have stars just like sitting there shaking their head. Kareem, the clip of Kareem getting up and leaving in the middle of the first round of the dunk contest <laughs> says all you need to know about the dunk contest. He went and got himself one of those build your own pretzels. He's like, I'm going to hit this pretzel bar and get back. <laughs> those Hopefully were freaking gas, dude. Let me tell you. No, dude, he left. He like was like, all right, let me get my leather coat. I'm out of here. Peace. I don't need to watch these fools. None of these guys are exciting. That's what yeah. he said, and he was right. Unfortunately. I mean, it was just horrible. I mean, you, you watched guys, because they weren't counting – if you jumped up and grabbed the ball as an attempt, they only counted in an attempt if you actually tried to, like, slam the ball home. Yep. It was just... So oh there there were guys like Jalen Green that had probably nine or ten tries before they actually even got a dunk on. It's just and I think they shot, to be. like, 28% dunking the ball in the first round. I mean, it was just horrible. And the dunks weren't even that creative. Like, none of them were really that innovative. The most unique thing I saw was when Obi Toppin took the ball and put it on the glass and then dunked it. That was the most creative thing, and it still didn't look that cool. Dude, there's legit, like, like you can do all those dunks with the basic dunk package in 2K. Yes. Nothing about that was even remotely challenging reggie and the guys said they know 10 guys at the park that could do that all these dunks with tim's on let's set it up let's do it you're gonna you're gonna fix it no i'm saying let's let's see those guys i'd rather see that i would that would be hilarious (laughs) i would love to see like the the other day i would say yeah so i have a way that i'd like to fix the dunk contest i don't know if you guys have one or not but i brought one to the table so hear me out and let me know what you think I think we gotta make it, like, let's get some pride in this. Let's make it a competition, not just between NBA guys, because that's all kind of fun go happy. Let's get some NBA guys who might be some younger stars proven. Like, I'd love to see little John Moran in there, something like that. But the reason I want these guys in there, let's go up against some Instagram dunkers. Some of these guys who all they do is dunk. And let's make it like a team, like, elimination round, like, hey... Instagram dunker one goes out and does a dunk. John Moran has to match that dunk. If he can't make it, he's eliminated. Maybe he'll get like a chance to try. I'm not working this totally out. But like something along those lines where it's like last man standing, like John Morant versus the three Instagram dunkers, but he beats them all. And like John Morant's the greatest dunker. It's the Instagram guy versus the three NBA guys, and he's taking them all on, and he wins because he's nasty. Like that'd still be fun, and we'd see cool dunks. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be NBA guys, but. You know, maybe that gives those guys a chance to, you know, sign in the league. Or, I don't know, like, maybe they have to be, like, people that are, I don't know, 
somewhat good at dunking, but we can't have these guys doing just trash dunks. So what if we did something where if you win the dunk contest, you get an extension on your contract, no hit to the salary cap. Holy wow. Teams would want everybody in the and dunk contest. And it, that would make people be like, oh, shit, we need our guy on there. Like We need to start yeah, training you know LeBron today. James would do the dunk contest for that. He'd be like, you can tell me I can be not a part of this cap. See me in the dunk contest. Forty million free. Let's add another guy. That would really spice that would get it people up. in. It's judged though, so that's like NBA rigged easy money right there. Like, oh, the Lakers need another star. They're they're down right now. Let's let's give them talk- forty million in free cap. Yeah, even but- if you don't do that, we've we've mentioned that the only time that the All Star players ever play hard is the last few minutes when the game's on the line because yep. they're playing for their team's selected charity. If you let the dunk contest guys each pick their own charity that they're playing for and, like, the ability to win a million dollars for their charity if they win the dunk contest. Yeah, maybe like make it a big a big amount for the player and, like, the, you know, maybe they'll match something that the player would do, too, or I don't know, like, something like that, but... You got to get some of the young stars in there and play them. So what we need to do is figure out how to get dudes who are exciting in the dunk contest because none of the people in the dunk contest are even exciting or like creative with it. Like even if like Blake Griffin misses his dunks, he's still dunking over a car and he's getting Kenny the Jet to call him out with a you know a gospel choir. Or Dwight Howard's going into a booth or. You know, Nate Robinson's wearing all green and with a neon ball to be the kryptonite, the Dwight Howard Superman. Like, there's, like, little themes and fun stuff, and, like, people really got into it. And usually those are bigger-name people, too. But, like, now it just seems like, hey, let me wear a throwback jersey or, like, somebody, like, some custom cool jersey. Let me honor Vince Carter and wear his jersey. And, and then, then miss, his, yeah, <laughs> miss all of his dunks, right. Uh, I don't know. I We need... These people aren't... I don't even know them as, like, the best dunkers in the league, so I don't know why they'd be in the dunk contest. Like, we need guys who throw it down in the dunk contest. And they need to start, like, paying for it or figure out how to get them in it, make it cool. I don't know. We'll start putting together our proposals and uh, get Commissioner Silver on the line here soon. So, we'll, uh, we'll have to have it ironed out, but... John Morant... With one one dunk in the All Star game and one and another attempt that he didn't even catch was more exciting yes. than anything that happened in the dunk contest, yeah. which is a shame. And I'd love to see what he could do with three dunk attempts. Because holy goodness, that'd be fun. Um, three point was cool. Congrats on Carl Anthony Towns, one of the best big men shooters of all time. Um. It was cool with the necklace, that that part. Yeah. It was a good... good I was funny to see him beat Trey, because everybody says Trey is the next Steph, and it's like, Steph would not lose the Cronky Downs. Get out of here. Talk about a wet ball. It's not a chance. That dude. Steph is, holy goodness, is that ball wet. That was fun to watch. Here. Um, Rise, the, not Rising Stars. What was the other one? Skills Challenge. They changed that up, too. That was kind of interesting. It seemed a lot more fun. I would end with that rather than the damn dunk contest. Although three point, I'd probably end with that was a little bit more exciting. But dunk contest is just toast. 
So, Doge, did you uh, catch any of the other events? Sounds like you watched Dunk Contest, so give me the other recap from uh, Skills Challenge and Three Point. I was grabbing dinner with my buddy during the Skills Challenge. Sure. Um, I did see that the, the Cavs team wound up winning the the contest at yeah the that mobley half court action yes <clears throat> which was uh pretty cool yeah um but yeah i mean the three-point contest is is always great and uh you know they they add different things here and there um giving the players the chance to do their own money ball rack they've been doing that for a few years they've got the deep mountain dew balls now that are worth three if you make it from what is it like 35 feet or something like that so they uh They've added more, but it's, you know, shown the guys that can make the really deep ball get extra bonuses, and then guys that can really hit from their spot get bonuses too. So it's always been fun to watch, and now they've they've kind of made it a little bit better and continue to adapt there, which is cool. Yeah. Um, getting to see the big man win it was also pretty sweet. So uh, good for him, good for Cat. I know he really wanted to be there to prove that he is one of the better shooters in the league, and, uh, you know, he had the chance to do it and did it. So you could tell awesome. You could tell it meant a lot to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, which yeah. is cool, too. So, good for him. He needed a win after having some tough couple times here. Yeah, sure. I mean, the the whole night ended on a dud. If you, I feel like you can't lose on the three-point contest. You're going to have somebody that goes off and gets hot, and it's going to yeah. be fun to watch. And if they make 23s going around, I mean, that's, that's really cool. So, I feel like if I was building the All-Star game for next year, skills challenge first dunk contest second three point third i might even dunk contest first just get it out of the way totally nah people still arriving people people don't care as much about the skills challenge people still care even though this year's dunk contest was trash people still care more about the dunk contest i think i i'm with i agree i agree with you i'm saying i just think it's just uh you're still getting people in through the door at the beginning once yeah. they've all found their seats, you can get it rolling. You're right. It, but you're totally right, though. It's got to end with a three-point. It's a shooting league now. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not a dunking league. It's not. We're not played in the paint. It's played outside the lines and even further back than it's ever been. Um. The reason why we're still talking about it is because we care at the end of the day. I, dude, I so just like, love like what you're saying, Doge. But maybe until we get back to where it's supposed to be and where we want it to be, let's do it like Thursday night, opening weekend, extended a day from Friday through Sunday to Thursday through Sunday, and just throw out whatever kind of BS the dunk for the contest dunk contest on, was just on so Thursday. cool because people did stuff that you would never be able to do, even replicate on like a low rim at your house. You know what I mean? Like stuff that was just like holy cow. That is unbelievable. Like, the three-point shooting, it is fun. And, yeah, like, sure, I think I could make some shots, but I can't shoot like these guys. But there's no way I could ever do some of these dunks that Zach Levine or Aaron Gordon are doing. Like, that's what made it so cool. And that's that the problem is these guys are just doing basic dunks. Like, so basic. Yeah, like the guy at my local LA Fitness or Lifetime is, is throwing down better dunks. And he's some 40-year-old guy who has busted knees. So... What's that it's really like, why don't you, like, at this point, why don't you put a defender in there? Like, dunk over somebody. That's a little bit more exciting than, like... Right, I'm going to dunk on this guy that's actually trying to block. Right, How right. How the other contestants try to block you? That could be fun. You've got a guard against one of the guys. It's just called... The, it's just posters. It's just posters only. 
You're just coming Poster up. Poster contest? Mmm. And you can bring in a teammate to throw you a lob over somebody. Or bring in a teammate to what fake block you. But, like, you gotta make it look cool. Or you gotta do, like, a two-on-one fast break drill. Mmm. Mmm. Then you can get some more athletic, like, John Morant in-game dunks. Like, where you're it's bringing... Like, oh, God, what a putback. You're you bringing know? Taco like, in, you little wink-wink. Like, hey, just let me just sky over you, and I'm just going. What you could do is almost do, like, a... <laughs> Like a timed ten minute jam session. This is they do this in the in the winter X games where like snowboarders do flips and stuff off of the knuckle and it's just a ten minute timer where you just keep going, guys keep doing tricks and they get Somebody brought this up on Bill's pod today, something similar, where it's like, Hey, just give this guy four minutes and he just does all the coolest dunks he can and it's like maybe he ends with like a big one. You have all the guys in at once. Oh. And then it's like, okay, it's TJ's turn, and then Doge's after him. TJ goes up for a dunk. If you miss it, it's on to the next guy. I so you got to take that. advantage of each attempt because you you don't get to go for another minute or so, probably. I kind of I think I might like that. I like. So that. then they're they're in a hurry. It counts as an attempt as soon as you go for it. Uh huh. Yeah, the the multiple attempts shit is what ruined it. Like you got to one and done it. Like if you can't exactly. make a dunk, don't even try it. Nobody knew when somebody went up if it even counted as an attempt. Like, the announcers were like, all right, that was an attempt because he tried to dunk. And they're like, okay, no, they're not counting that as an attempt. Like, nobody <laughs> knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah. So but if do you, you count it as soon as you enter the approach to the dunk, that's your go, and then it's the next guy's turn as soon as you go. And then it's a 10-minute jam sesh. Yep. Do you think the Home Run Derby is better now that there's a time limit as opposed to 10 outs? Yes. Derby is awesome. Okay, so maybe they need to move towards something like that, which is a combination of what you've been saying with like the jam sesh or some sort of time limit where it's like, hey, we'll just kind of let these guys go out and maybe score it like an Olympic um, or not maybe an Olympic, dude, but like a gymnastics routine, right? So you have a routine where it's like, okay, well, you know, the way that they were able to utilize the dunk here and they immediately went back up for a dunk after this, like. What if the all-star captains have to pick the dunk on? Like they, it's like Team LeBron versus Team Giannis or Team Durant, and they have to pick three dunkers from the East and three dunkers from the West. And it like, you know, they all everybody in the Eastern Western All-Star stuff gets bonuses if they win or something. So like, it's like on those guys. Like, hey man, like, Ja, dude, I need you in here. I know you're gonna like win this. We need that extra dough. You're gonna be at the you're gonna be at All Star Weekend anyway. Like, why don't you just do the dunk contest for me? Like, and LeBron's asking Ja to do it, or like Giannis is like calling up Levine. He's like, Hey, man, I love your game. We're gonna have a great playoff series, but like, I need you to like. They're bringing Ja. Like, I need you to get out here and and get some dunks. Or KD's asking him to do that. Like, you're not gonna turn those guys down, but of course you're gonna turn down Adam Silver. Maybe I don't know. So, like, I don't know. Maybe that's, like, a nice fix or something. Or, but, like, ugh, I don't know. They got to fix it. Because the dunk contest used to be everything. And it's nothing. last night or this weekend it was nothing. So, um, okay, let's go to the All-Star game itself. Pretty good game. Not a ton of defense. That's to be expected uh, in the All-Star game. Felt like, at least from my perspective, in the first three quarters – of the game in the first three quarters of each quarter, there's literally no defense. And then they kind of ramped it up there a little bit. They ramped it up at the end. Um, Big-time staff action. Embiid was fun to watch as well. 
Um, LeBron with the with the silencer at the end, always great, or the ender. Um, what do you have? What are your takeaways from the All Star game? Did you guys enjoy? Do you enjoy the Elam ending and the quarters ending um, on different? Well, I guess the quarters are. No, the quarters are the points too, as well. Correct. Uh huh. The quarters are time. Excuse me, but the final one is a. Uh, they add twenty four to it, and it's the Elam ending, which seems to be interesting. From, but I don't know. What do you guys think of that, Dill? Um, yeah, I still haven't ever seen the original Elam ending oh. that was absolutely great. So amazing. Um, this one kind of got I, there, but wasn't the same level. I'll, I'll put my two cents in, or what I, you know, observed from the game. I thought it was hilarious how LeBron was playing in the first half. Oh yeah, comes out in a suit in halftime, as well as yeah, a bunch, uh, couple of the other guys, guys right? Did yeah, um, Steph did. Um, who else would be seventy five that wasn't all that were in this uh, top seventy five that, that were, were playing, playing in the, the game, game, right? I don't and know. And it was just funny to see him like it was Chris like Paul? oh like, what like he was Chris Paul, yeah. But he wasn't playing, right? He played a little. He played. He had like he a, little bit. a little itty bitty stretch, which was crazy. He was like trying to okay. get one assist for whatever. He was like reason. only playing one handed. Gotcha. Weird. It was very bizarre. I would. I don't think Suns people would have. I would not have been happy. If yeah, was Monty was probably not very mad. That's not Chris very Paul happy. for you, though. He's like, I'm getting in there. I'm getting some runs. Yeah, he's a gamer. He's no a gamer. doubt. No doubt. Um. Uh, yeah, I think those are the two things I I remember and. You don't. You got also Steph. Steph, just uh, phenomenal performance. You know he's just. I, I saw some of the highlights of when he was turning around for shots and, dude, like it's just crazy how it's, if he missed any of those, it's like okay, like this guy's just showboating, right? But he's doing doing it for what six or seven years where and they're so and they're they're getting further and further. Wet, and they're so just like pure, just pure, yeah. pure balls. Yep. And it's so cool too. Like, sometimes, I don't know, you might think some of the old guys might not appreciate that or be like, oh, it's, you know, an old league. But it's, you, they pan out to the crowd, and it's all these legends just with their jaws dropped at what Steph's doing, too, which is so cool to see. And then Reggie is on there talking to Dirk, and they're like, oh, he's the best shooter of all time, which, I mean, everybody's going to say that because Steph is. But it's just funny to see all the stars kind of being as just as giddy as we are about that Steph performance. Um, and it's not like something like, oh, well, we've seen that before. It's like, no, nobody's like seen somebody who does it like this guy. And it's right. fun as hell to watch, especially when he's taking just crazy shots, almost making half quarters and stuff. So. I saw a few when Trey tried to pull up right after Steph and like from the same distance, and it looked like he had to force it to go further. LeBron with the shoulder yeah. shimmy brick was a great clip for me. But... He was short on all of his shots, it seemed. like. Mm-hmm. I saw a few clips where he was just coming up absolutely short. It was like, oh, he doesn't care. No. He made like a wide oh. open corner three, and he made the final shot, and everything else was pretty. Yeah, I think that was and what a couple his, good dunks. His fourth or fifth year winning in a row. He's never lost the draft. Five and zero. Oh, he's he's since they've done this format, uh-huh. he's never lost. Maybe he's like, hey, Rob, this is why I'm a GM for all the teams I'm on. Just another thing he's got over Mike, you know. So, when he was talking about LeBron's quote, he would have won them all. He would have won them all. LeBron's quote about the All Stars in Cleveland. When funny as hell. When he was like, so "Yeah, it's great to see the young man Darius Garland or DG, whatever he called him, and then the big fella uh, Jared Allen." 
you know, and then the third all-star the Cavs have were me. Or it was me. And it was like... <laughs> like I get what you're saying, man. But like, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out a return to Cleveland, he said, too, which is super funny. He's a hometown guy. Yeah, but let's... I mean, like, he's... Everyone knows his career. Don't act like you've been there the whole time. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? He's the kid from Akron. So yeah. Was, so was Steph, though. Yeah. It's born in the they same hospital. Which is wild. They mentioned that, too. A lot of Hoopers. A lot oh. of Hoopers in that hospital. Whew. Yeah, I need to... If Steph would have made... I think we... I'm going to let Doge speak. Doge, what are your thoughts on the All-Star game? Uh, I thought it was electric. You know, I I think ha- I love having the the scores at the end of each quarter matter. Yes. Because if if they didn't, then you wouldn't see any playing until the last minute of the game. I totally. feel like you got little bursts for the last two minutes of each quarter, where guys are gonna let people throw up their own dunks. They're not gonna go and get postered in the All Star game. But right when it came down to the last two minutes of each quarter they were close you know they were like one possession game so these guys were really starting to play defense and still getting off the crazy dunks and shots that they were and i thought it was just awesome and to see steph just go off he just kept adding something each time you know it was a three shimmy three right no look three turnaround three if he would have made that half court oh. shot the roof would have absolutely exploded off of that place would have and been the same guy that was getting booed the night before in Cleveland. Everyone was going nuts when he was making those shots. Right. It was just awesome. Super fun to see. Super amazing. I think it the reason I think the reason too the end of the quarters are close or like the games are just kind of closer in general is that the Elam ending they have with Kobe Bryant's honorary twenty four points, like that's not a lot of points. So you kinda gotta keep it tight. Like you can't have a quarter where like they just blow you out because then you look up at the end. It's like, oh crap, we're already down eighteen. Like they don't need to get too many more points. Or no, the gap is so large. So I think that's another reason too with the the way they ended at the the final bit that some of those quarters are also just generally tighter. But I agree with you that the way they do it at the end makes them tighter at the end of the game for sure. So or at the end of the quarters as well. But I think just in general, the Elam ending works for the All Star game. I don't know. For regular season games, but it's good good stuff for sure. So, for the All Star game, it works. For a normal game, I want it played out the way it is. You know, I don't mind overtime. Hit me with some overtimes, so that's fine. But yeah, for the All Star game, I'm glad it is the way it is. Uh, it just makes it really exciting, and for it to literally be a walk off. You know, it's not a buzzer beater. It was just a walk off. He made yeah. it game over. Yeah. Very so, very cool to see. And, like, every like, game is going to have that, which is cool in the, in the right. ending. It was fun to watch Embiid play. He was playing really well. You know, he's he was so showing good, you why, he's, why he was a MVP so far this year. He was making some serious threes. I mean, he was, he was knocking down long shots. Not only that, but he was also getting inside, dunking on people, blocking other people. If their team would have won, he would have been the MVP. He's virtually unstoppable when he's really feeling it. Yeah, and if he can make the shots that he was, you know, consistently at range, I mean, that's just disgusting. Right. So. Absolutely crazy. He, he was really fun to watch as well. It was a great game, I thought. Any more thoughts on All-Star Weekend, Doge or Dill? 
No, I mean, uh, we, we covered pretty much all the bases there. It was a fun Same. weekend. Glad we got to experience part of it and uh, kept yeah. it off with a really solid game. I thought the games between the Rising Stars and the actual All-Star game itself were the two best parts of the uh, of the weekend. A clubhouse goal for when they go to Indy is to get to the All-Star game itself. I'd love to check that out. Under pressers? What did you say? Under pressers? With some pressers? Listen, you know? That's a big-time goal. Let's do that. Uh, is that next year? Uh, if it is, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Under pressers. I think it's in two years, but okay. I'm not sure. So I didn't think it was next year. I thought it was an even number year. Which makes sense to be next, well, like 2024. Yeah. Right. The next um, next year. Let's move on then to our fourth quarter here. Um, we'll keep it fairly quick since this has been a long pod. We've had a lot to cover, but we had to honor... Two, 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 two on Tuesday and talk about who's the greatest number two in sports. So I'll give you a couple candidates and then we can go through this. Um, so obvious number one, or not number one, number two, but obvious guy, Derek Jeter. We all know Derek Jeter is number two. Uh, Kyrie Irving on the Cavs, number two. You got Matt Ryan, where's number two? John Wall, we've got Kawhi Leonard in there. Jason Kidd was also number two. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, a couple baseball guys I need other than Jeter as well that are number two, but I don't know, Jeter just comes to mind for me. Who do you guys have as your best number two in sports? Troy Tulowitzki. Hmm. <laughs> For the pun there. I honestly like didn't know this was gonna be a thing. I thought about how there's not much to chat. I mean, we don't need to like Derek dive Jeter in. after he retired. Moses Malone shouts out. Really hasn't been like I have I have not heard a single thing about Derek Jeter. Jeter? And Derek Jeter. Jeter. Lip kinda got caught up on my tooth there, sure, you sure. know. Kinda jeted me. Gotcha. Um so that was maybe yesterday morning. So I have no idea why I thought about Derek Jeter. And then today's the two 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 day. Yeah. Tuesday. Two day. So. Yeah, just a weird little quinky dink. Um, but. Other than that, I mean, he's the first one that comes to mind in. Uh, First one that comes to mind in baseball. Um, yeah, for sure. The most iconic, probably, jersey out there being a Yankees jersey, or at least up there with one of the most iconic jerseys, considering how they haven't changed in 159 years. Um, yes, they have changed. But, uh, yeah, it has to be Jeter. I mean... <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I can make a case. Like, I can sit here and make a case... Moses Malone, 7th scoring of all time, 12-time All-Star, won a championship in Philly. I can make a case for Kawhi Leonard, 2-time Finals MVP, one with the Spurs, one with the Raptors in that one-year kind of assassin role. Nobody's ever really done that before. Um, a couple of Defensive Player of the Years, I think, for Kawhi, or you know, at least being considered in that. So you can make all the cases, but when you think of two... You think of Jeter, you think of that Yankee team. I mean, he was baseball for so long. Um, so, that's who I've got. 
But I would say massive shouts out to Kawhi and Moses Malone there. Jason Kidd, too. I keep forgetting Jay Kidd. But, I mean, either one. All those guys are great, but it's probably Jeter for me. Doge, who do you who are you going with? Jeter's definitely the one people think of. Um, however, like you said, Moses Malone, Kawhi, Jason Kidd, um, all great guys. I'm going to throw a name out there that no, I didn't even know this name gone. until I played the Home Run Derby mode in MLB The Show. Mm. We've got another baseball guy that wore the number two that's one of the best to ever do it. Jimmy Fox. Played in the league from yeah. 1925 to 1945. Career batting average Holy crap, Dose. That's so funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. From the Derby. 325. Had 534 home runs in the career. 1,922 RBIs. He's in the Hall of Fame. Nine-time All-Star. Two-time World Series champ. Three-time AL MVP, and he won the Triple Crown in 1933. So, he was a dog. We never got to see this guy play because he was playing 70 years before either of us were born. Any of us were born. Yeah. But I'm gonna throw some love to Jimmy Fox. Gotta throw him some love. So if if he was a Triple Crown winner, he wasn't a dog. He was a horse then, right? Jesus. (laughs) He was a multi-sport athlete. Pouring out from a dying spirit, cheater. Yeah, it was allowed back then. Bob Baffert. No, we're talking Medina Spirit. Got actual actual horses, jockeys, and (laughs) hey, shouts out. This is kind of a weird one because he didn't ever wear the jersey. But Red Auerbach is number two retired for the Celtics. No one wears number two because of him. His jersey is retired, but he didn't wear a jersey, so it's kind of a weird like thing. But he's also I just got to shout out my boy Red. Celtic legend, so didn't wear the jersey though. Obviously, so a little different. Jeter though, likely my guy for number two. All right, let's move on then. Shouts out to all the number twos out there. Now hold on, TJ, before you go. Whoa! Yeah, hold, 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 hold. On. You guys got some more for me. There was a brief stint where a man that you admire a lot. It's not, it's, it is going to be in the Raptors as number five. I will not entertain (laughs) that number two. I know who you're speaking of. Mr. Garnett is number five. Oh. Love me some big John Wall. Oh, okay. Love me some Kevin Garnett did briefly wear number two in Brooklyn uh, to honor, I think, one of his old teammates that he uh, played with in Minnesota. Yep. Mm. So, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnny. So Joe out here. David um, Akers might have to put that up there. Big lefty. <laughs> That's Dill. That might be Dill's number two. Yeah. <laughs> Big kicker. Um. Okay. Let's move on to buzzer beaters here. Wow. Um. I got a quick one. I'll give a quick rip. Jeff Kent Survivor. <sighs> we. That's huge. There. There are some quality twos, but. Teach, what you got? I got Jeet for my number two. Oh. And for my buzzer beater, it might be freezing cold, but don't you worry. FCC is traveling to Austin to play their first game of the season this Saturday. Mm. We also just signed, big news, folks, 28-year-old CDM, who has played with one of our better players, Acosta, before at DC United, Junior Moreno. So some really nice... 
midfield depth there. Likely going to be a starter, maybe not this weekend, but for our team, going to be a really good piece for us. So looking forward to seeing what FCC does. New coach, new formation, uh, some new faces in there, new GM. We got the new spicy orange kits with the Cincy flag in the background. Why they cost as much as a Super Bowl edition Bengals jersey, I don't know. But they're very cool. And I will probably be getting one of those jerseys as well. But I'm going to wait for them to cool down on price, hopefully. Dill, got any FC love, or what do you got for your buzzer beater? No FC love. No love. No love in the club. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick it with uh, a warm-up college basketball. Warm-up and a buzzer beater college basketball buzzer beater. Sure, 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 sure. Call it the end cap solution, if you will. So watch the little, watch the little Louisville versus North Carolina on, I believe it was Saturday. Great game for two teams I could care less about. They had me engaged. Uh, it's back and forth the entire time. I believe it was within at one point. North Carolina was no. Uh, had no lead larger than six, and Louisville, I believe, was no uh, le- no lead larger than four. That was a good game. That's funny. I left one in the middle of that. Yeah. So, uh, when was that Saturday? That wasn't Saturday then. That was, it was Monday. Monday? Pretty sure. Yesterday? Two days ago? Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Today's Wednesday, Dill. I've been thinking it's Tuesday all day. No, yesterday was Tuesday. Remember the twos. No, no, no. Today's two. Today's the 23rd. Yesterday was two. two, two, two we're honoring two. it. Yeah. But it's Tuesday. That game was on Monday. It was Big Monday. Either way, I don't even remember yesterday what day was this Tuesday. was on. Yesterday was also Tuesday. Look, it's a good thing it's not the warm-up because this would have been a rough show. I thought it went pretty well up until I couldn't say right? largest lead and lead just lard. Okay? But, good game. UNC, Louisville... <laughs> It was <laughs> the entire second half was fantastic. I was engaged, even though I didn't care. Up until about two minutes ago, then Louisville started not being able to play offense. North Carolina did, and they kind of ran away with it at the end. Uh, but before that, Louisville was on a seven-game skid. We'll call it a losing skid. Their largest since the 1940-1941 season. And that was, what, 80-something years ago, right? Yeah. We just started. <laughs> just got me, dude. So, um, anyway. Uh, yeah, since the Chris Mack departure, the mutual agreement of, hey, we aren't hanging out. I'm not going to be your b-ball coach no more. They... You know, had a nice little five and zero start, and you know now they've been one and eight since uh, his actual departure. Um, so the five and zero was during his suspension, and they're looking into things. They're now one and eight since his actual departure. Tough. So uh, it was a good game. They ended up beating the one win was against Clemson, who is even worse than they are this year. So congrats for that win. Sure. A little bit that it, it meant. And as far as I know, I think I'm done. Okay, good, sure, work. Doge, wrap up the show, buddy. 
What's your buzzer beater? What's your Legis lard? Wrapping up the what's show. your what's your end cap solution? <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping up the show. Uh, the Winter Olympics wrapped up this this past sure. weekend as well. Okay. Um, with the competition being over, U.S. wound up finishing number five in total medal count. Uh, not too bad. I mean, in the Winter Olympics, the the top dogs that you're expecting are like the Norways. You're right. You're right. The Russian Olympic committees. The Rock Nation. Russia doesn't compete, but that is exactly who got one and two. Rock Nation. Norway first, Russian Olympic Committee. Germany wound up getting third most medals. They dominated the sliding house. Luge, skeleton, every form of bobsled. They won it all. They were wow. incredible. So that's where a lot of their medals came from. There you go. Um, Canada was fourth most, and then we were five. So you, you expect to see a lot of those guys around there. Um, we did pretty well. There was some controversy between some of the, you know, Russian uh, Olympic Committee athletes. Cheaters, you mean? More doping, uh, <laughs> especially the figure skating. So, um, yeah, more came out about that. They can't even be called Russia because of their doping problems. And then the Russian Olympic Committee athletes still had doping issues. So The Russian Olympic cheaters. They are cheaters. Um, Not all of them, though. I feel bad for the people that tried to... I do, too. I do, stinks. too. There's a they, lot all, they all get the bad rep from the few people that are cheaters. Exactly. Stinks. Well, so that's kind of how things work, you know? Guilty by association. There's one bad apple in the bunch, and you got a bunch of bad apples. I agree. But I still so, feel bad. Uh, still was an entertaining Olympics, Rock nonetheless. Uh, the excitement wasn't quite there, because you're still doing another Olympics without fans. Um, they had some... And that's all, folks. Um, Families couldn't travel. Oh. So it was a, it was tough Olympics for that. But um, You cut out one second there, Doge. What was your last part about the families and something? No oh, fans? Uh, yeah, no no fans could travel. No families could travel. So really the only people there cheering you on were just the other athletes and the trainers. And uh, even other athletes, if they hadn't competed yet, were still reluctant to go see anyone else compete. Um, right people kind of tested positive all throughout the week and or the weeks i should say while the olympics was going on but um it was still exciting you know got a lot to watch got to watch a lot of uh curling a lot of bobsled they had a lot of curling on tv man they had a lot of curling like on too much what like, I was every time s- i turn it on there was curling i was like god damn like i so, thought how is it still on doge is our Not that i don't like curling is our god. premier olympic coverage specialist what yes. sports or sport does the U.S. need to start stepping up in? And for example, I was gonna say, do we need to get, do we need to go out to some curling fields and? Oh, we make a hell of a team. Start curling. Well, we won gold in 2018, so it was kind of us not showing up to, to play this year. We mm. we didn't even medal uh, in, oh. in the men's curling. Um, you know, so I mean, they they have the the players. They just didn't step up this year. Um, one spot that we can really improve and, and start to represent people more is definitely the the skiing, uh, particularly cross country skiing and the yeah. Nordic combines. Um, you know, you don't typically see many U.S. people competing for the top podium finishes there, so that would be somewhere where we can really start to grow. Obviously, with freestyle skiing and snowboarding, we're typically up there with Canada as the top dogs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're doing well in freestyle. We're always pretty good in hockey. You know, we're 
pretty decent in curling for the most part, and figure skating were always great. So I would say the the cross-country skiing and those events is going to be where we definitely need to step up uh, in the years to come. Yeah, it sounds like nobody's touching Germany on the luge action, so we might as well just leave that alone. The I think the only event where Germany didn't get the gold medal in the sliding house was the mono bob, which is a bob one person bobsled. Yeah. The women's women's mono bob, USA wound up taking gold, Ooh, and it was actually cool. a lady that was Canadian two years ago, and then she wound up changing her citizenship to the U.S. in, like, 2019 or something like that, and then wound up competing for us. There you go. So we need some more Apollo Onos. Oh, dude. Legend. Is what you're saying. Apollo Ono was incredible. Facey as uh, hell. Facey as hell, dude. Good-looking guy. Yeah. Couldn't remember his name, so... I could have pulled that one out for you. Well, I don't know how to describe it other than... Good-looking skater, dude. I would have said Apollo Ono. That's all I need to say. Okay. Is the Jamaican bobsled team a thing anymore? So they actually qualified for the Olympics this year and they competed, but they they finished about two they seconds behind okay. the uh, the leaders, and uh, that's pretty significant. They yeah, that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're a half second behind, you're really behind, and they were about two seconds behind. So mm-hmm. they they had a tough go at it, but um, it was good to see them there. They they brought up the run from uh, oh man, what was that? The Calgary. Olympics, yeah. or Montreal, one of the two, but um, they brought up the footage from when they competed back then and got some good, cool running vibes. So oh, for sure, it was Heck cool. Yeah. To see, it was cool to see them run, even if it was so not a medal-winning run. It was cool to see them there and to have them actually yeah. finish it. Um, it was great. <laughs> nice. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for us here, boys. Heck of a pod. Lot covered. A lot of great topics. A lot of good laughs. A lot of good times. Um, Dill, we appreciate you being on. Thank you for all your great takes. Doge, thank you for being on. Thank you for all your great takes. Thank Pleasure you. as always. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Clubhouse.